the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week we've got a fabulous guest, it's Felix Damchak, COO at Zephyr. Felix is the COO at Zephyr who studied at Cambridge, worked in Canada and worked his way up through a number of strategic and leadership consulting roles to become C-level. Zephyr create personalised, fast, fictionless subscription experiences. We came across Zephyr as one of the leaders within the business was listed in the Tech Top 100 2020 list. Um, so Sandra got in touch with Zephyr directly and said it sounds like a fantastic business. We'd love to get some more information about it and get you on the podcast. And Felix has kindly been nominated to have a chat with us today. So hi, Felix. Hi, nice. thanks for having me on. Nice. Hi, Felix. You're all right. I'm very well. How are yourselves? Good, good. Yes, very good. Um, although it looks like we might be getting snowed in at some point. Got about five inches here. <laughs> like nature's own lockdown, right? Don't go outside, don't leave, don't travel. Don't <laughs> yeah, don't go anywhere now. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Fantastic. Um, well, so um, I spoke with Sybil, I think it was back in like, early December now. Um, I understand that she's a volunteer for um, this podcast, but she um, she said you had lots of interesting learnings and um experiences to share with us so I'm really looking forward to hearing some of that bit later on um but to start with it'd be really good to just kind of I guess set the scene um and give us some contacts of context and the listeners and, and viewers a bit of context around you where um where everything you know where it all started where how you started in your journey um to get to where you are today um and then I guess a little bit about the business, the company as well, um, where you are today. Sure. Um, I've had a bit of a strange career. Um, <laughs> I was told by a recruitment consultant that I was utterly unhirable. Um, what? I, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were like, no, you'll never, you will never be able to place you. Um, you don't oh, have, have no CV. Um, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that's yeah. brutal. I, took it as a, I take it as a badge of honour. It's like I've done weird things. And that's fine. Um, <laughs> I think where I am now is a testament to the fact that actually you can do a bunch of very weird things and it'll still be okay in the end. Like you don't have to like follow a straight career path, kind of going, yeah. climbing a particular ladder or, you know, go okay. off into the weird stuff um, and see what happens. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I left university uh, and I really... I left university and this is going to date me for some listeners, I guess, but um, just at the time when the press hacking, the phone hacking scandal was massive. Um, mm. And there were a couple of, you know, a couple of celebrities were speaking out again, quite rightly against the phone hacking scandal, but they were all making like really kind of useless statements. And I remember thinking, I remember watching TV, I think, I think it was um, Hugh Grant, you know, and there was about a 48 hour period where he could have done, he could have said anything. He could have said, I want to meet the queen. I want to shut down the sun. I want to, you know, I want no more tabloids. And like the world would have gone, yes, we'll do like, we'll do anything. And in the end, he sort of said, I just want people to stop hassling me and my family, which is totally fine. But like, he had this opportunity to 
like make a huge change and, mm. and, and I remember sort of realizing I was like well that's because he's like he's an actor he's not a politician he's not a celebrity he's not a thinker he's not he wasn't prepared to make these changes right and or to say something because he didn't know what to say so I, I left university and set up my own business trying to help uh, celebrities senior leaders that weren't politicians and give them some of the tools that politicians had like because politicians you know, I'm sure they're all very smart people, but they're just humans, right? But they have a whole coterie around them of other people kind mm. of advising them, helping them, supporting them that make them look yeah. way better than they are. Yeah. Uh, um, although Bojo definitely needs a haircut, but still. Uh, <laughs> I love God. I feel like he must muss it up on purpose. Like he comes, before he comes on stage, you're like, this is I know. Um, <laughs> I, I said that up, I convinced two of my friends to give up stable jobs in management consultancy. Uh, to come and run it with me, um, fools that they were wow. there. Uh, and we it's a ran a big it. bold move, isn't it? That like fresh out of university setting yeah. up your business. That's amazing. Yeah, one of them I don't really speak to that much anymore. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> strong move. Uh, one of them. Oh, well, you live and you learn. <laughs> exactly. One of them remains my best friend, but um, um, I think it was. So go. it's kind of like PR then, but it well, it was. Yeah. I guess that was the goal. It was like, you know, you should, our, our unofficial tagline was, we'll make you smarter than you, we'll make you look smarter than you really are. <laughs> <laughs> we never said that out loud, but we were like, look, you need people, you know, we'll, we we'll could do with a bit of that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll walk it. I could. Um, maybe someone should start the business again, I'd hire them. Um, <laughs> so we ran that for a couple of years and then sold it to a PR, a large PR firm, um, a guy called Matthew Freud, um, runs Freud, which is a big PR firm based in London. Uh, and then I ended up being his kind of special advisor, doing much the same thing, actually, for some of his high net worth clients and private clients over the course of the next three years, kind of giving them, you know, insight analysis, you know, not really PR, mm-hmm. but more like almost strategy and research. Um, and after about three years, you know, I, it was a wild ride. I did some crazy, insane things uh, at that organization. You do see it's a PR. I think PR is a much maligned industry, actually. And some some ways it's just getting things in the newspaper. But there's so many more, so many more unusual things, like building a hundred snowmen outside Davos to for, for, to represent <laughs> world climate change and having to do it in like three hours so that Bill Gates could turn up. Um, some very strange. Wow. Uh, long time ago now, long time ago. Um, but... <laughs> Um, then I left and I set up a strategic, I set up a strategic consultancy for tech firms, particularly, um, because I was, I'm super, I've always been into, I'm a, you know, I'm a classic boy nerd. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been into, uh, tech in all its forms and really the, the tech industry in London was really beginning to kick off. And I went, there's loads mm-hmm. of startups here who all need like a little bit of support in how do you, you know, how do you talk to your VCs or your investors and your state, you know, your, your employees or the market, like how, what you've got this great, all too often, someone has a really great idea. They've gone away and built, you know, a, a bit of it, but they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to communicate it. They don't know how to It's say all about it. the delivery, isn't it? And that communication piece is crucial. I completely agree. And I think actually tech is 99%, 90%, maybe not 99%, but say like 90% communication delivery. Yeah. Cause often yeah. you're describing something complex. Yeah. Uh, um or net new and people are like why do i even need this thing uh, <laughs> i think that's one of the problems at zephyr or concerns you know things that we're working out at zephyr now is it's quite it's quite a net new concept and so explaining it to people is half the half the battle so i set that up ran it for a few years and i ended up 
uh, three years and I went up working for a company called Signal, um, which is still around mm-hmm. and very successful. We went through its Series C last year, goes great guns. Uh, now I, I joined, I was employee number 31, I think, um, or 32, and took it, was there for two, just over three years, helped them take it to 150 people across three countries. And that was a, wow. a kind of PR tech company. So it was like a little hybrid for me. Um, um, and it was, that was an extraordinary ride. I've never, I've never seen a company grow. I've never, it was my first experience of a of SaaS, like, you know, high scale SaaS. Mm-hmm. I learned so much, um, some good, some bad, like what to do, what also sometimes what not to do. Um, um, and what then... would you say was the, um, sorry to interrupt, um, mm-hmm. I'm just interested because um, obviously we want to try and share learnings throughout this and you said that you learned so much. What would you say was one of the learnings that would be a good one to share with others? The first one, I think, and you know, I think it's probably true for every particularly tech company, but do your research and then pick a direction and stick with it. Um, it's very easy, particularly early on, to go with your gut feel because there aren't that many of you and you're running at a million miles a minute and you're, you're trying to get money in the door and that seems really important and you're building the tech and that seems really important. But it's worth, it doesn't take very long to, you know, you could, there are lots of bright young grads out there. I was one um, who, um, to employ them for a small period of time to, research the market you want to go into top to bottom not market size like what kind of person works in that market what are their needs what are their pain points and they really you can do that in like a month if you're dedicated with it you put a couple of people on it it's not expensive you don't need lots of like people who've been doing this for years and years and years but once you have that you're going to be in such a better place um to be able to go okay this is the product we're going to build and we're going to build it for a year or this is the functions we're going to build and we're going to follow these these people, these or this audience. And I think, you know, it seems like a truism, you know, pick your audience, build features for them and off you go. But it's very easy to kind of go, yeah, we're building for these people. And you haven't really done any research into who they are, what it is they want. And you end up selling your product rather than solving their problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that's time and time again, I've seen that in in multiple startups, certainly in ones I've worked for, even today in the company I work for, and we're not perfect at it by any means. Mm -hmm. But it's all too often, without that research and data, it doesn't have to be numerical. It can be anecdotal. You end up selling the thing you think you want to sell rather than the thing people want to solve their problem. And it's mm. super common. Um, um, and it's easy to get stuck in that loop, I think. Um, That's really great. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one when you're that small as well. You just get pulled, you, you end up getting involved in so many other things. And it's, um, yeah, but it's it's like you say, it's it's having that if you have that structure and focus and do the research to start with and kind of slow down a bit, then you're probably going to get, well, you will get more out of it longer term, won't you? I think so. Yeah, that's hard for startups as well, isn't it? Like you, like what you've mentioned there about that clarity of vision and end goal is so important. But when they're projects like passion projects, which they usually are, it's easy to get caught up in the moment, isn't it? Like Sandra, how many times do we do it? Like we a new idea and it's the next big thing in recruitment. <laughs> And then we completely change direction and we're constantly like reining ourselves back in. But I think, um, yeah, it's easily done. In I think it requires a lot of discipline, doesn't yeah. it? And it's, it's, it's difficult. Discipline, I think, really is like a, is a key word that isn't talked mm-hmm. about in startups. Often we talk about, people talk about financial discipline in tech. They're like, no, this is the budget. Here we go. But all too often, it's easy from a product or commercial perspective to 
because you need to get some money through the door or whatever it is, you're like, oh, it's fine. Like, we'll let, we'll let it go this once. Like, we'll let it happen. And you become undisciplined very, very quickly. It's not business critical, so we won't do it right now. And you're like, actually, yeah. like, trust your own vision and trust the steps you're going to take to get there. You know, I think it's, um, and it's easier said than done. Like, hey, like, I have, I, I t- tell myself to have discipline every year and every year I get derailed mm. by something. Um, but I guess ask yourself the question, is this business critical? Like, is this going to change the business? Because if it's not, why are you doing it? Um, I guess. Um, yeah. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I interrupted. So, where, no, when no, you, sorry, where did you go from Signal? Talking to me, talking about me is much less interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so I, I ended up, so I was just Signal for three years and, you know, I saw my time there and I had, I had a wonderful time. But then I, I had all these learnings like discipline and, and, you know, and other management ones we should talk about later. But I really wanted to do it for myself. Like I wanted to be making the decisions rather than yeah. advice. Um, and uh, I've been chatting to a guy called James Henderson for a little while. Um, and he run, he founded Zephyr about previously. Um, and he convinced me and I convinced him kind of, we were like, it was sort of a match made in heaven over a couple of breakfasts. And we were like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to come and make the decisions and he wanted someone to come and help make him decisions. And, and I, I really believe in the product. Um, um, yeah, it's a it's a tool that allows really any organization that sells digitally. We focus on subscriptions, but it doesn't have to be to hyper personalize your offering, um, your product in real time based on the characteristics of the person viewing the web page. Um, oh, cool. That's very cool. Mm. I undersold it when I when I bigged you up at the start. I definitely undersold it. That's really cool. Um, oh, I, um, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, I do too. Because <laughs> um, I think you know, one of the things that you know you sent through beforehand a couple of questions to have a think about, and one of them is like the future of tech, right? And I, the the hyper personalization of products and services is 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 coming. Like, um, you know, I, eyeballs are so valuable now. <laughs> Um, that when you have someone's attention, you need to maximize the time you have in front of those eyeballs. And that doesn't mean showing them one package or, you know, the classic choice of three where everyone picks the middle one, like mm. you need to give them something that's going to be <laughs> right for them at the right time built for them. Otherwise they'll, there's so many other products, they'll find something that fits them better. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think we're about to see it in, in streaming, for example, you know, for so long, Netflix, was it, you buy Netflix or you don't buy Netflix. You buy, I like it. That was it. Like that was the choice, really. Maybe you could have the two screen option, but really, you know, it was eight nine nine a month, or don't buy it. You're cool. Uh, but now there's, there's there's Netflix, there's Disney Plus, there's Peacock, there's uh, you know Google, you, YouTube has a premium subscription. There's so many mm. that I think we're going to start seeing. Do you want the Netflix Kids subscription, like just for the kids program, or just the do you, do you just want to watch Queen's Gambit? Okay, it's a pound. <laughs> I, I like. No. I love, loved Queen's Gambit. <laughs> I've got so into chess in the last month or so. It's terrible. I've become a total, like, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, my, uh, uh, my whole house is just, like, I'm constantly on my phone, just, like, playing playing another. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. That's really cool. Fantastic. How long have you been with Zephyr for now, then? Oh, uh, Ooh, what, day, what, what day is this it's all the same we, we've been in lockdown for so long um <laughs> 15 months i think just a year wow. and back a year and a half yeah fantastic brilliant and how's that journey gone for you because um i think when i looked at your linkedin profile you said you'd been there about a year and yes yeah, so what year and three four months or something yeah. 
um, obviously not long after. I'm assuming you started back end of the year before. So I guess you'd have been in post for, what, three, four months and then COVID hit. Yeah, that was um, how is that yeah it'd be interesting to find out how that journey's gone for you at Sefer um and I guess any like pain points that you've experienced any kind of problem areas challenges and and um that'd be really interesting to just discuss those and what what you've done with what you've done about them so not only did obviously COVID him we also went through a funding round through the entirety of COVID um which you know is usually you know highly intense you know as a leadership you're constantly going and meeting vcs having coffees like private conversations no can't do any of that um um so we ended up we did an entire fundraise you know end to end from you know first deck through to through to getting the money in the bank without ever meeting a single investor face to face um we now have two new investors one in new york and one in uh uh amsterdam i've never met them um I've had phone calls, but I've never seen I've never I've never shaken their hand, which is weird when someone's giving you millions of pounds. Yeah. It so also makes it a bit awkward when you meet them at the <laughs> end. Like, you know, when you really get to know someone and then when you finally meet them in person, there's like the first couple of minutes is a bit awkward. Like you know them really well, but you've never properly met them. Yeah, this happened to me just before Christmas. Uh, and I got a phone call and it you know came up one of my VCs phoning me on Christmas Eve, and I was like, uh, you know, like you never want a like, Christmas Eve phone call. You're like, yeah. what, what's gone wrong? And he was just <laughs> wish me happy Christmas. Because you know, yeah. I'm his, you know, I'm one of his team now, as it were. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess, like, yeah, we know each other quite well. Like, it would never, like, um, yeah, I think it's going to be strange meeting them when we do. Um, uh, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, who are they? What do you do? What do they do? Yeah. <laughs> but Cove, to your to your question, um, we we're lucky, right? Because we sell us, we're a SaaS product, so we don't need to be physically in an office. Um, to sell or to bill like a lot of it anyway so we were able to we took the plunge very early and went full remote um we were like clearly this is here to stay let's not try this hybrid model let's all go Mm -hmm. remote um i gave everyone in the business 250 quid to set up however whatever home of expenses to set up whatever home Mm -hmm. scenario they wanted um bought everyone a zoom account you know all all the standard stuff um and then been a learning experience um initially because we weren't we were growing in we weren't growing the team it was actually not too hard right because everyone already knew each other they'd been in the office together mm-hmm. we had to have more daily stand-ups or standing meetings where people could come in and out where you know, if you had a problem with this or you know you could come in and out i had a um like every week i would have a two or three hour slot where i would just be on my zoom and if anyone wanted to it almost like open door as it were if you know that's nice uh, yeah where if people had a question or just wanted to chat or anything, you know, and we had a weekly virtual pub um, because everyone knew each other. It was, it actually, we were quite cohesive as a unit. Um, mm-hmm. since raising, How many did you have? How many we staff 20, did you have? There? About roughly 20, 22, 23. And did you get rid of your office or? So we were, we were locked into a contract until, the, until kind of September time anyway. Um, right. um, but that's not too bad then. Yeah, it wasn't no. too bad at all. I'm um, saying quietly. Um, I know quite a lot of businesses that um, that exited out of their contract and have just gone fully remote. Um, yeah. We've kept it for now. We've kept a, a reduced office. Like we, we, we've cut it from like 20 yeah. down to 10, I think, um, because we have some, I mean, obviously we're in full lockdown now, but some of our team, we did, we did, a, whole, did a whole bunch of surveys. I think I chatted to everybody for at least, at least an hour at some point. 
and people said they really would value the ability to go in like one day a week just really for mental health reasons just get out of the house go somewhere else and so what really organically kind of what ended up happening was that the customer success team all sort of agglomerated around a Monday and today we'll come in on a Monday and like some of the pr- product teams sort of came in on a Thursday and the sales team sort of did a Friday um, completely organically. I didn't specify it at all, but they ended up kind of coming in one day a week, um, still socially distanced and spaced. Um, but that was, that kind of worked. Um, it's been a lot more difficult since we raised the money um, because we are now 40 two or three so we've we are in, i think there are now more people in the company who have never been to the office than people okay. who, right so that's a whole shift really mm-hmm. um and that's been a little harder we had to work a culture much yeah. it's something i worry about right it's i think it's you know you asked about you know failures and things that i've you know you know god knows i fuck up plenty of the time but it's very <laughs> easy when we're all on these screens to think of the world like around here and not what I haven't we haven't done enough kind of internal cultural stuff that's the thing like how do you grow continue to grow the culture and obviously um by the time that your business had gone into lock full lockdown you probably hadn't quite got that culture embedded into the business what you were still working on it so it must that must be a really big challenge and and I think it would worry me as well um it is something I really worry about and you know anyone listening if you've got answers like send them on a postcard please you know <laughs> um we it's really hard I don't have like I'd love to say like oh I did this solution and the answer is actually I think I failed you know in some ways I wasn't because I was focused on some of the fundraise and it's so easy to get, you know, you put your blinkers on, head down, particularly when it's dark outside a lot. Um, we haven't done enough team activities. You know, we, we, you know, we have this, we do bi-weekly calls with everybody and everyone chats and we meet the new starters and we like kind of team town hall style meetings, but that's not enough. Um, mm. And I think particularly, I don't know about you guys, but just in the last couple of weeks post Christmas, I really felt like a motive, like a loss of motivation. I've been like, you know, I'm bored, I'm bored of lockdown. I'm bored of COVID. This is all somehow the end of the year, even though it makes no logical sense, was like a line yeah. of the end. But obviously that wasn't the case. And now we're past yeah. the other side. It's all, it's all sort of fucking same. Um, I think everyone just feels really deflated about it all. Because like you say, I, I do think that there was that whole perception and, and that, you know, kind of, right, this is it, end of the year. Cannot wait till just get 2020 out of the way. 2021 is going to be so much better. And it's... Yeah obviously not yet <laughs> what i have Gosh, done... you two come on i need some positive vibes here <laughs> well, got... actually our team sandra's on a sabbatical at the minute so she hasn't seen it so much well, our team actually, I, I did worry about that a lot coming in having a christmas we we consciously shut the office and closed everyone took two weeks holiday with mm. holiday to have a break because we wanted we knew after the past year, if they didn't have a break, they'd come in with the tank empty already. They'd probably been eating and drinking all Christmas and then they'd come in at an all-time low. So we consciously said, right, let's everyone take a break for two weeks and when they come back, they'll be revitalised already. Albeit not everyone's been able to see their family or have the Christmas they wanted to have, but they have come back less hungover and groggy than usual. And actually, and I think that certainly helped in the 
the mindset we've got loads going on as a business but what we really focus on now is team wins and that's really helped around the cultural mm. piece because individually the market's not what it was last year and we're never going to have wins every day but if we all celebrate our little individual wins and team wins then it's a little bit more positive but it is certainly tough and it's hugely tough i think when you've grown by over a hundred percent your team already so like you had a culture already with those 20 or just under people and then by doubling it to over 40 then now that that's been watered down and it's 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 what it was so it's, it's tough isn't it new people yeah this is if you come across the rule of three and ten but so I, I learned about this last year super interesting the idea that every company goes through a big shift in um management style when you ever have a three or or a, or a one in front so when there's three of you when there's one of you you can make all the decisions right it's just you when there's three of you suddenly you have to kind of it can't be just two where you kind of agree yeah. three of you sort of like it changes yeah. again the dynamic changes when there's ten of you suddenly you can't, you know, two of you can make, or maybe three of you make decisions, but you have some people who need to be told afterwards. When you hit 30, suddenly, which is where, you know, then suddenly actually you can't make a decision just by everyone just chatting around the, the, the lunch table because there's, there's now too many of you to do that. Yeah. When you hit 100, obviously it's a whole new kettle of fish again. But the 30 one is where obviously we've just blown through 30. Uh, yeah. And which means, you know, we've now brought in essentially a management layer, right? That's what you have to mm-hmm. do. Um, but those, that management layer has never met the teams that manage, the team. or they've come up and now they're managing people and they've never met them. So it's like this added layer of complexity, which is not just there are more of us and we've not met each other, but also the jobs people are doing and they're being managed in a different way. Um, and I think I would say, you know, my the teams have handled it superbly, like the level of forbearance that they have given us um, and, you know, accepted that everything is not perfect. And I, I think the resilience of people has been extraordinary um um, but i do think now i think leaders and myself included have to step up and do make more effort Um, a weekly a weekly half hour call with everyone in my team when certainly in my side of the business the commercial side of the business and in ops just to chat like we don't have to like it's not necessarily about work we don't have to go through your pipeline or like just as like a window to like how like how are you, <laughs> you know? that's a really good idea actually because yeah. yeah. we we do that but it's a bit probably a bit more ad hoc and not as consistent, um, consistent. Yeah. yeah I think that's the other hard thing isn't it um is to get that it gets consistency right um which is difficult especially at the moment being at home and they're here there and everywhere it's difficult well sometimes you just don't want to talk at the minute like it's so different isn't it normally when you come into the office you're I I personally get my energy from people like I'm a high energy person I'm a positive person but I get it from other people anyway but when you don't have that and you've only got yourself or you're home alone and I know obviously like your your office you're based in London and a lot of young people on their own it's been in flats it's so challenging isn't it so I think um, it's certainly tough and I really appreciate your honesty talking about that on the podcast because it's, it's so easy to avoid like the the challenges you've faced and the, and, the, and the things that you're going through at the moment. So to be able to openly, honestly talk about that's really cool. It sucks. Like it's, it sucks. Like <laughs> I like working with people. I like, you know, and I get, you yeah. know, I think it's important to have quiet space for private work for sure. But I'm also a high energy person. Like, you know, and so is my CEO and we bounce off each other and we'll spend hours whiteboarding and thinking about things. And we, we can't do that. We've taken to doing 
And I think this has worked. And I'm doing it with some of the other team members. Is we both, well, we would have like we would have had like a 30 minute check in on a walk or something. Well, now both yeah. go for a walk and do it on the phone, but we're both outside yeah, it's good. because yeah, it means it's good. Yeah. you don't get distracted. It's so easy on a laptop to be like, oh yeah, I'm listening to you, but I'm also just yeah yeah I'm just responding. <laughs> BBC News has flashed up, and there's a new vax. You can't help it, but they do like right. all the pop ups. It's stuff so like that, easy. Right? you know, to yeah. respond to that Slack message or I'll just respond to that or I'll just scroll through BBC News. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, think it's, I think it's about giving people your focus. And I think that's maybe another, if you talk about like learnings to take away, one thing I have learned is it, it's all about focus. It's all about, and I don't mean focus on the, it's a word, in one sense, focus on the company goals and keep aligned to that, but also focus on people, like give them your full attention and time. Mm. Um, you'll learn, you'll get so much more out of them. They will be happier. And also the company will do better. Um, yeah. And at every level, doesn't matter. I think often it's very, I think it's, I've seen it happen where maybe senior leaders don't tend to get involved with like the, the more junior members of an organization, like the sale, the sales development reps or like the junior customer service people. Cause it's, they're like, oh, there's a manager for that. And I'm busy doing other important things. And I never do something. Oh, they don't matter as much, but they yeah, do yeah, they would never say it that way. They'd never say they don't yeah. matter. But actually, no. that's what but that's what gets heard, right? Because you don't spend yeah. the time with them. Yeah. Um, and it's only half an hour. Mm. I think, you know, as we grow, that will be harder to maintain. Like I, if I did if I did 40 half hour calls a week, that's you know, that's you know, two or three days consistently just in back-to-back meetings. And I'm not gonna do that. But I do think it's important to have check-ins with everybody because I think when we're all independent and solo, feeling valued is more, it's harder. Yeah. And I think give people and give our teams the feeling that they are valued by leadership um, yeah. more than anything. That is so important. And that kind of leads me quite nicely. You, your leadership story then and the experience with that, because it sounds like it happened quite organically. Like you clearly come from a real creative background and with a startup initially and, so talk to us then about your leadership style and how your teams would describe you. Um, I actually went and asked my teams to describe me for this. Um, good. <laughs> um, and they all said the same thing, which is good. So I'm at least consistent. Um, and they all hate me. No. Um, <laughs> they, so I, I believe in autonomy, mastery, purpose, like as a, as a model. And I try and really embody that in the way that I manage. That sounds such a, oh God, I'm, t- I'm turning to one of those people. Um, um, <laughs> hire people who are good at something and then let them do it. And I think your job as a leader is to give them the tools and then get the fuck out of Like, I've been subject to this in my life. People who want to like manage you and tell you what to do. Like, if you want to, if you want to hire someone to tell them what to do 24 seven, like, get out, get out of Dodge. Like what a waste of everyone's time and money. Um, so I believe that you hire people and you listen to them. Most of your management should be about listening to what they need um, and then commenting and consulting. It's a very consultative approach. I, I don't really believe in like top-down stuff going. I mean, there are times when that's necessary, like classically and there are discipline conversations that you're going to have to have at some point. Mm-hmm. People need. Would you say that's always been your style, or is that have you learned that <laughs> along the way? <laughs> no, I've learned this the hard way. Um, so I'm. Um, I don't know if you've come across um, like the Jungian color wheel thing. Um, it's quite. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. I think it's brilliant, and I try. I haven't done it yet at Zephyr, but um, I've done it a couple of times, and I think it's. I would. I'm trying to roll it out across the company when when I've got some time. Um, 
but I'm very much like a yellow, red, red, yellow, somewhere in there. So I like telling stories and I like being, t- I like t- and I do like telling people what to do because my way is the best way because it's my way. And all that was, and certainly in my early 20s, because I kind of ran my own company and then I went somewhere where I was had a special advisor, but I had like, I was kind of a, I had no like hierarchy. Like I was sort of just someone who did loads of shit. Um, I was, when I went to Signal and I learned, I had managed, I had to manage people kind of for the first time properly I was terrible at it. It was absolutely terrible. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm sure they're good at what they do. Can you just get this done? Yeah, well done. Thank you. Very much the worst version of the like, be brief, be bold, be gone, like terrible. Um, and I had a wonderful member of the people team uh, called Layla, um, who pretty much sat me down and went, you can't do this. This is not appropriate. Like, this is not how you, this is not how you manage. This is not how you lead. And I, you know, all of like 20, whatever it was, was like, who cares? Like, you know, they just need to get shit done. Like, it doesn't matter. And thank God she stuck She's reminding with you of someone, Ellie. <laughs> thank God she, she stuck at it. And because I think probably, you know, I've told this to her before, but I think she's probably had more impact on my professional life than almost anybody else. Um, wow. Because she taught me how to think about engaging with other people and why that matters and why you'll get more out of them. And it is like turning on a light switch. Like you, so I, I usually ended up using the Discovery Insights wheel because it's, you know, I know what I am. And there's a really great cheat sheet, which you probably don't even have to have done the whole scheme to, uh, to get it, which is like, you know, if you're a red, yellow, then blue, blue people will, you need to talk to blue people like this, or you need yeah. to. Um, and it was, I stuck, I literally, I laminated it and then sellotaped it to my desk. And every time I was going to speak to another member of my team, I would look at this thing and go, okay, I'm pretty sure they're a blue it's not foolproof but and that means they're they will want to be communicated to like this and the common pitfall is this and so i would take and it sounds it sounds so prescriptive but i would take a couple of minutes and be like okay how am i going to communicate the thing i want to communicate like this and it was genuinely transformational and it has and i am a much better manager and leader and those two things are separate but i'm much better as a result because it's so fantastic about mm. focus and this is comes back to that that question about focus right focus on them what is it they need it's not just resources it's about how you give them your attention and time you know people who are more green they need like literally just sitting down next to them is like rather than standing like walking past their desk and saying something from like a i'm a very tall guy you can't see on this but i'm six six so like you know I, if, if i'm standing like it's quite a long way down and like it can become very it can become quite a lot for someone who's sitting down yeah. at, And you're very direct because you're really passionate and energetic. So it can be the way, which is something that I have to be really conscious of when I communicate with others is that the the way that I think is exciting can sound quite scary to other people. For me, that really gets me going and fired up. So I think it's just being conscious and aware of it. And it sounds like Layla really helped you with that. So, um, And as a consequence, and then when I, she put me on, to this autonomy mastery purpose is like your job is to give people yeah it motivates them because it tells them that their intrinsic worth is what matters like they're valued because of who they are not because of like the money they're paid and you know you give them give them ownership over their work you know is this you know my you know they i say can you go away and try and solve this problem or get this thing done and then they'll come back and say it's ready and the common thing i and um i'll say is um is it ready to show me yet like, is it ready? And they might be like, yes. But I'm like, is it? And more often than not, they'll be like, I could do a bit more work on it. 
<laughs> I haven't even seen it at this point. Like I have no idea what it is, but it gives them the opportunity to make it as good as they want it to be. Yeah. yeah. Come back. But it's, yeah, I think a leader's job is to get out of the way um, and, and direct and prod. You know, I think I always complain now that I never do any work. <laughs> I, I remember a time when I would spend all my days like making PowerPoints and doing things and creating documents. I don't, really, I don't get a chance to do that anymore. But I have to remember that as a leader, your job is to help other people do that better. Yeah, yeah. No, I compl- completely agree. I think it's it's very, very difficult. Um, and again, I guess it comes back to the whole discipline and focus um, that we've talked about. It, it, stepping back and letting go, um, I think, can be quite difficult for some people. Um what um what did your team say about you? It'd be interesting I'm to literally just getting up the Slack message, tell, talking about not paying attention and whilst being on the Slack message. <laughs> so to, um find out exactly what he said, uh what they said. Um it, you're very consultative in your approach. Uh, tell me what you think, and I'll give you my two cents and considered response. You cross over a few in a good way, but mainly consultative and supportive, but then at times you can be a bit direct and transparent. Does that help? <laughs> mostly in line um well Layla's going to be impressed anyway when she finds out that you've yeah, been invited I, on you've been yeah. re- not only invited you've been recommended for a leadership podcast so wait till she hears that yeah I mean she, I think she'll be shocked frankly <laughs> um, you'll have to tag her into you'll have to give her a, um, yeah. she's on LinkTin yeah, we'll tag her into the release I mean I she's just I I have to say I tried to hire her um and she, she she's um wasn't she or she'd actually just accepted another role somewhere about six months ago um but you couldn't do better than someone like that as a, as a people hire she was just superb yeah um i think it's i think that's what it comes down to where it's so often that uh, hr and i really don't like the term hr because it's so like boxed as a kind of 98 mm. but it's very common for leadership teams to kind of look down a little bit on the people function and see it as a um, something that needs to happen as part of ops it's like oh, we need to do some hiring and we need some processes and we need to make sure everyone gets paid and obviously we need like a dis- we need a function for people the discipline is a problem you know and i think we need the more time you put into people and a people function the 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 i think it, i think it can add multiples of of productivity to your, your organization yeah. i think that's beginning to change quite a lot um over the last kind of year or two um, and I think this year, certainly this year, there'll be a big, bigger shift. I think a lot of businesses will be putting more emphasis on the people and the people team and growing that out um, as well. Um, Not only in bigger businesses, right? But it, I, I think it's, there's no time. There's no, like, it's almost, I think it's easy to go, well, we're too small. We don't really have. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, have someone, even if they're a junior person, you need, like, someone, even if you've not got that much money, do it early. The earlier you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And listen to them. Oh, my God, listen to them. Um, They know what they're talking about. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, What what are you um, what would you say is your greatest achievement? Oh, my God. Um, You put. I was trying to think about this one. And I was like, I really hope they don't ask me this question. I'm, I'm I can ask you something else if you want. <laughs> well, I, ended up, I was like, well, look, I, I helped take one company from 30 people to 150 people. And that was kind of a starting thing to do mm-hmm. um, like on a, like a broader level. But then I realized, I think it's, 
like I'm not very good at I talk about discipline like I have never been very good at exercise um I grew up in a family that didn't prioritize exercise as something that mattered like there are some families that are always exercising and my family just didn't which is you know a choice and um I decided about three years ago I was like I want to do a half marathon and you know I just oh which one did, did you do one I did and I achieved it like and I did it and I did it in under two hours which is my goal I did it in one, wow. one 59 minutes and 54 seconds so like <laughs> in the t-shirt but and actually it's under two hours it's under two hours so I did just I, over two I wanted to be under two but my um my hip started giving me issues so it was a real struggle but I did about I think mine was two two hours ten well your achievement is much greater because you know I'm tall enough that really it's kind of like five five oh, yeah, true. yeah Sandra's like five foot two yeah, you got a lot, you got a lot more five foot three and a half yeah, hey. <laughs> a lot more points than I do but I think actually it, as on a personal level I always go no because if I can do that I can go from literally not being able to run 300 400 meters without being without being out of breath and like how everything hurts I hate this to being able to run 20 kilometers or 21 kilometers it's nothing to do with business but in some ways it's about it was a change in mindset about I want to be yeah. disciplined about how I approach my life and how I approach and I can do things if I set my mind to them even if I'm terrible at them um mm. and learning in some ways it was like learning to fail because I I couldn't run 5k when I started and so I'd run three and I'd be out of breath and I wouldn't have achieved the 5k that my you know my target thing said I should be achieving and I hate failing I hate it I hate failing so much I'm bad at it I get angry and frustrated and difficult and actually over the course of six months in some ways I learn a little bit about it's okay nothing happens if you fail you just fail and you can do it again the next day you learn from it more importantly you learn, yeah. you learn what you can and you can't do and um maybe maybe there's a broader learning point in there snuck in snuck in the back but that actually I learn how to fail and I think that's really important maybe my greatest achievement is learning how to fail I'm still <laughs> shit, still shit at failing but I'm better than I was I guess we're, we're, we're soon quickly running out of time I'd love to know how how do you manage the stress of all this? Like, what do you do? What are your tips and tricks for our audience around like managing stress? And you've got a high pressure job, all the funding around last year, that must've been super tough, stressful, let alone during lockdown, growing your team, scaling up by hundred percent. What's your secret advice that you've got for us in the audience? Uh, there are probably three or four things. The first one from a, from a company perspective or a business or a professional perspective is find yourself a partner, like a, a business partner or like a, someone, a colleague who with whom you have no ego problems at all. Someone yeah. who can say, I'm having a shit day. I feel awful. Or I'm feeling great today. Or you failed in that way. We didn't do this well. We could have done this better or I could have done this better. And feel complete like with James my CEO I have complete confidence that we are we are very honest with each other like you know he's we've come off meetings and he said you were terrible in that meeting is everything okay but the response but is, is everything okay like mm. not you were shit in this meeting and similarly I've done to him yeah. like, you were off in that meeting what like or you're not like we're we talking to each other and he's clearly not paying attention I'm like James you know focus and <laughs> that's okay and I think somehow being able to know that you someone else is managing that stress too because a problem a problem shared is genuinely a problem halved and being able to share it with someone I think is important at any level whoever it is um 
good food, taking the time to cook. Like I think people who live off ready, like the living off the ready meals thing, I think actually does impact you. I think making sure that you take, especially in lockdown where you're not commuting. So you have half an hour extra mm. day minimum, just cook something, cook something for yourself. Like I think take, take that time. It's almost mindful. Um, even if you don't, don't like cooking or don't know how to cook, like pick up a recipe, like do something. Like, I think it's really helpful. I think good quality food. Create something as well. As good, Create it, it and then drink it with good, but not too much wine. That would be like, I think that's very, um, exercise, I think is really important. I think it's particularly in lockdown, getting out of the house. I try and run every day or every other day. It doesn't have to be for very long. Half an hour is fine. Now it's your thing then running. It so really you, is. It's so, that's I, so good. Yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's become, I'm like, oh, I see the benefit. And then the last one, I think, and this is a bit more like left field is make sure there is a time every week, two hours where you are not beholden to anybody else anyone else's needs anyone else's requirements anyone else's things it can be during the it could be a weekend could be during the work week but you do two hours and it is just for you like no one is allowed to touch those two hours you're not going to look at you, you can, if you you can play video games you go for a run you can probably not go for a run you can do something that's just fun for you you can you know read the book you've wanted to read make a phone call to someone you really care about it doesn't matter i don't really care what it is the key is that it's not you're not doing it for anybody else you are focused entirely on the things you want having some you time that's so important isn't yeah. it i learned a really good one last week uh, this week on a conference call that i was yeah. on um, from a really cool lady called jess ratty who works on marketing in tech and really inspirational chat with her and got real fired up and and she was saying if you're ever struggling buy some seeds off amazon and plant plant something and she said literally within a week within two weeks you you can see something growing and she said that is like my top tip for lockdown is to be able to watch something grow is really helpful for people that are struggling and i thought it's so simple isn't it but actually that's so true because you do remember when you used to plant those little potato heads when you were younger yeah. and they feel fresh <laughs> every day you'd run downstairs and see something new and it would change and it is actually really cool so i think uh I thought that was a really good tip that I'd throw in there as well. I like it. Um, I like it. That's yeah? Nice. Yeah, I'm going to do that. get some seeds? You're a fellow plant lover like myself anyway, I can see. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, enough. Uh, I think greenery, greenery is really important. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so important to have it in the house, isn't it? Um, so tell us then, like, we'll always finish the podcast with, like, what are you excited about, Felix? What's on the agenda with Zephyr and personally for 2021? um well it'd be remiss not to say i'm not excited for maybe some being able to see people i'm looking forward to going to a restaurant that's going to be yeah. exciting um um <laughs> seeing my family i haven't seen them in a long time now um um i think so on a personal level i really really want to go and sit on a beach somewhere in the sunshine and do nothing really mm. really desperately. i think we all where are you gonna go where are you gonna book i don't know i think it'll i think you know as long as it's as long as it's really hot and someone will bring me a pina colada or a mai tai, I really don't care. Uh, <laughs> it's really. um, but I think, I think yeah. So the end of, I mean, the end of COVID is not going to go away. I think I'm looking for, I'm genuinely looking forward to not seeing Trump on the front page of my newspaper or every day. I, it's, I genuinely think we talked about that malaise, like this lack of motivation. I think we're all feeling a little bit, and I, it's, it's just unbearable. Like it's, it's every day every day it's just the same mm. i'm looking for i'm looking forward to something new new uh, and different yeah. but mainly i'm just looking forward to something new um professionally um it's going to be a big year for zephyr i mean every year for a startup is make or break right it's always it's mm-hmm. always, always make or break every month is a crunch month 
but we are now like the sales organization is set. Like we have some great people doing great work who know exactly how to do it. And I'm really pleased with the team we've built. There's not, there are no weak players amongst them. Um, and we've got a really good product that we know how to sell that just is better than what's out there. I mean, of course I'd say that, but like it just works. Mm-hmm. You show it to people and there's like a wow moment when people go, wow, it, it actually does like what you- I did it earlier. Right? <laughs> That's cool. Like it's satisfying to finally have got to that point. And I can't wait to kind of, you know, early January, no one's doing anything yet. Like, you know, most people have only just come back from holiday, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm really looking forward to to cranking the wheel and like seeing- like just how fast we can run. Like I'm really looking forward to it. Um, um, it feels like we put in all the work. Last year was a yeah. hard graft. I mean, it's not it did not look groundwork, and yeah. now you can really like a house, right? Like the building the foundations takes ages, and at the end of it, you feel you still haven't got a house. Like you've just got these foundations, but then the house can go up really quickly. Yeah, that's so exciting. I have loved having you on the podcast. I've loved being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot of like correlation between your values and your passion to what our business is like at transition partners so i find it really like interesting and inspiring like hearing your mm. story and, and spending some time with you today so thank you so much for coming on the podcast if anyone wants to get in touch are they best on linkedin twitter i don't use i do have a twitter i don't know what my login though is so yeah linkedin <laughs> is good uh linkedin or you can email me zephyr.com but um uh yeah i mean you know please do get in contact yeah i'm always keen for a chat with anyone really it's always interesting perfect thank you so much fantastic thanks very much for your time there we go we stopped transition partners take mental health very seriously we are now supporting claro mental health charity who are local and based in harrogate we are working closely with richard kenny who is the it director at tech buyer claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment we would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can any any amount would be greatly appreciated thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners